Hello, baseball fans, and happy opening day, and welcome into a brand new episode of Swings and Mishes. I am your co-host and producer, Jeremy Taché, joined, as always, on opening day by Craig Mish. Craig, how you doing now that baseball is finally, finally here? I am very excited, as I'm sure <laughs> a lot of other people are. Enjoyed all of the opening day games on Thursday and Thursday night. But let's be honest, everybody listening to our podcast is excited for the 2022 Miami Marlins. And I do Mm -hmm. think you should be. I think that a lot of effort (laughs) has gone in to these people working for the Marlins this offseason. More than anyone will know, probably. I think Mm -hmm. I'm I think I'm done just like putting (laughs) all this out there for until for, for a while, at least. But my gosh, they have, I, I got to say, they, you know, the results, the results on the field are going to inevitably dictate this season. Mm-hmm. But I do want to start by saying that based on the budget that they were given and, and they obviously spent money, they signed, uh, you know, Solaire, they made that trade with the Orioles at the end, ba- based on the the way that this team operated in the off season, I think that you probably should be extremely complimentary of the front office and all of their attempts. In my opinion, I, you, I, I think that everybody knows by now that, that I am going to tell you if you should be crushing these people and I will do that and I will crush if need be, but they try. They they really and they accomplished a lot of really yeah. positive things. It was not for lack of trying uh, on on a lot of fronts. And I know that there are still a lot of people that even though opening day is here, I see it on social media. Well, why not Brian Reynolds? Why isn't he not there? I mean, they they really they they tried and they I think they accomplished a lot. I would say for for the time being for opening day with it being just a few hours away today embrace what you have mm-hmm. and not what you don't have because there's just no sense on looking back at things that could have happened there will be a time and a place for that 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 time is not today and what marlins fans have is a much improved team we were talking a little bit before we started recording for marlins fans if you look back at the lineup on the last day of the season last year and then look at what the lineup is supposed to be today on opening day and you see the gulf of difference that exists there. You'll see what this offseason was for Miami. And so when we talk about that offseason, obviously you talk about the additions of Jacob Stallings, Joey Wendell, Jorge Soler, Aviseo Garcia. We're going to hear from Jacob Stallings in an interview you did with him, Craig, uh, just coming up in a few minutes. But when you think about all of those additions and what it can add to the lineup, of those players that I just named, who do you think is going to have the biggest impact on this team this season? Well, I I made no secret about me really wanting a high caliber defensive catcher on on the Marlins, and mm-hmm. I, I and I look, I, I certainly understand that having a, a lineup with Soler and with Garcia and with Wendell in it is is a game changer. It's it's going to look you know very similar to when they had Adam Duvall and when they had Starling Marte. I mean, they had a very strong lineup at that point too before injuries happened and things mm-hmm. of that nature, but. You cannot put a price on the things that Stallings uh, is going to do for for this pitching staff. And to think of the disastrous uh, defensive catchers for the most part that Miami has had over the last few years, 
even if Miami is unable to score as many runs as they need to to win games, if the pitching staff holds up, I don't think it's going to matter. I think they're going to win a lot of games because the balls are not going behind the catcher to the backstop and because the proper pitches are being called in games and the starters are at the bullpen. So no one wants to say that that Stallings was the key guy, but to me he was the most important starting piece to the offseason. Uh, I, I, as everybody knows, I'm very partial to JT Real Muto. When mm. he was here, even in Philadelphia, I, I, I mean, it goes without saying that everybody knows that by now. A, a strong catcher in the big leagues, to me, is he is the one that that is involved in every single play on the field. He's the only one. Every single play, regardless of what's happening. And I think Miami identified it was time to get somebody in. And it's great that he is the guy, obviously. Having Soler and Avisel Garcia on the corners, no question. I think those two moves, clearly huge. Mm-hmm. Soler may even be better than Avisel Garcia. I mean, it's certainly, there is a chance of that. The people that tell that talk to me about Soler, uh, you know, be, are like, this is a great guy. He's going to have a big year for Miami, too. So, there's, I mean, there's a lot of excitement. There, there definitely still are some holes on this team. Mm-hmm. This is not a team. Let's let's also keep it real here. This is like a lot of teams in the big leagues, Jeremy. You lose a couple of players off this team. It is. I'm sorry. It's going to look like last year again. They, they just don't have the replacement level players in my mind to dig dig down deep with. Do they have the initial one player here or there? Yes, they do have that. But I, I still feel like the, the bats are thin a little bit in the minor leagues. And you, you, health is going to be such an important factor this year because if the Marlins are healthier than last year, they're going to have a much better year. But if the similar situations happen where they're losing guys here and there, that's my fear at this yeah. point, Jeremy. That that would be my fear. It should be the fear for a lot of teams, but even more so for this team because while I do think they did improve the depth, and you're not going to see Isan Diaz, and you're not going to see Devin Marrero, and you're not going to see some of these players who just shouldn't be in the big leagues. That's done. I still don't know that that when they reach down there and need them, that they have those guys. Sure. But I'm optimistic that this is going to be the most exciting Marlins season maybe since 2017. So I'm uh, I'm really ready to see what they got today. Yeah, and that's and that's obviously full 162 with a a 2020 shortened playoff run, which was obviously certainly exciting given given the moment. But with with how electric this lineup can be, I mean, you talk about guys like Soler and Garcia, and those are you know legitimate big league hitters who can be dominant at moments, and you add them to a repertoire of guys who already existed, and ultimately. It ends up with Jesus Sanchez sitting there in center field, um, and he's going to be a key factor in all of this as well. Um, but ultimately, what, you look at this lineup and you feel strong about it, but it will come down to that pitching staff. So, Craig, yeah. when you look at those pitchers and you look at what has just been done to sort of bolster the bullpen and this trade that happened with Baltimore, I know that you had a little, uh, uh, some thoughts to share on what happened there with that trade specifically to acquire a couple of more arms for this bullpen right before opening day? Well, the Marlins identified that their bullpen was clearly not good enough, and especially with having Floro starting the season on the injured list, they they could not afford to, I, I think, go into the season with what they had. So there's a couple of reasons for that. I'll get to that in a minute. The first, let's go through who they got. Uh, Cole Sulser, who you know, definitely 
can be a high leverage arm for this team. I, I think I think he profiles more for me in the seventh or eighth inning, mm-hmm. along with honestly Dylan Floro and and uh, Anthony Bender. I still don't think like they have that closer there. But Salser can do it. He's he's basically, from what I understand, a reliever who could be a pitcher. He uh, uses a lot of analytics, so that's going to be something he's going to be bringing to the table. Maybe even you know working with you know the analytical staff with uh, with the Marlins. Uh, throws four pitches, all pretty good. Even has a fifth. So I mean, this is a a, a guy who could start, but uh, is in the pen. In terms of Tanner Scott, they're you know clearly going to be a work in progress with him. He when he's on, he can get out lefties, he can get out righties, he can get out anybody in baseball. The understanding that I that I got on Tanner Scott and sort of the scouting report is very interesting to see how he plays. I'm sorry, how he pitches when he's on a decent team because there were so many games that Scott was forced into that the games didn't mean anything. He had he was wild, ineffective, playing against some of the better teams in baseball. Orioles are getting their heads bashed in night after night. There is some curiosity, I think, to say, hey, now you're in more of a winning environment. That remains yeah. to be seen, but making the assumption, how will that translate? Because at times he just absolutely could not throw a strike. And at times you couldn't hit this guy. So work in progress there with him, just like it was with Jesus Lazardo. They feel like they fixed a lot of his issues too. Remains to be seen, but that's you know a similar situation there. Um, you know, Miami feels like they have the pitching the the pitching coach and Mel Stottlemyre and and uh, minor league coordinator in Scott Aldred. They feel like they have the right pieces in place to get those guys right. So the weak point for Miami clearly going into the season, among all things, is going to be the pen. Still mm-hmm. not going to be among to me the uh, best pens in baseball. But who could really predict Jeremy the outcome of bullpens? I think it's sort of impossible. So maybe Miami's pen ends up being great with the with the guys that they have. But when I look at it on paper, that would still a little bit be my concern. You know, you have three one leads, four one leads in the sixth inning. Who who's getting those outs all the way to the ninth? It's a big part of the game. Right. That will be kind of the big question for the Marlins, but the guys getting them there, those starters that are getting there, we saw it play out now one through five. You've got Sandy Pablo and Trevor as expected, Eliezer Hernandez and Jesus Lazardo rounding out the back of that rotation. And I know obviously Craig, you're pretty bullish on the rotation going into the season. What are your thoughts on Miami's starting rotation in particular? Well, you know, Sandy will will be the ace and he'll be one of the best pitchers in baseball for sure. Pablo Lopez, when when healthy, has proven to be one of the better pitchers in the National League, too. A little concern there, I would say his spring was not good by any means. So he's coming off a tough spring. If that means anything, I'm not sure. But we're going to find out pretty quickly in San Francisco, no doubt. Uh, Trevor Rogers, you know, coming off the season that he had last year, looking for durability, looking for him to stay healthy the entire season. Same could be said for Eliezer Hernandez. And then, and, and Miami's very bullish on Hazelus Lazardo. Uh, you know, the people that I talk to in the organization are, you know, sort of punching me in the face every day saying, you're going to see, you're going to see, you're going to see, you, you're too tough on him. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe I will be. I'm watching spring training games where the guy is throwing the ball and, and it's skipping in front of home plate. I don't know how he gets out of all these jams. I, I see that a lot still. So, I'll, I'll look. I, I have to give the people that know what they're doing the benefit of the doubt, but I refuse to say that there is a turnaround until I see it on a big league field with sure. Jesus Lazardo. And by the way, if it doesn't, so what? They still have Max Meyer. They still have Edward Cabrera. They still have Yuri Perez. Uh, they, they have so much pitching at this point that we're going to see it all. And if Lazardo doesn't work out, I'm else to pitch. But I will say they are very bullish on him. The one thing that I did want to add. Yeah. It really hasn't been discussed publicly, and I think it should. So I'll bring it up here. 
in years past, and you and I talked about this before the podcast, you would, the, the first game of the season, while it mattered, it really didn't. It was always just kind of like opening day and, you know, we'll see, you know, it's just one game and it's just one series and it's just April. I feel like the organization has a completely different message this season. It's not public, but it is private that the team must do well at the start of the season. And it is my understanding that the manager has told the players that the team must do well at the start of the season. So when you hear post-game and pre-game comments from Don Mattingly, I would be very surprised to hear him say anything in terms of, A, it's just one game, it's a long season, it's only April. And that is something that Donnie has subscribed to for many years. Mm -hmm. Arguably, it is, it is, you know, as a great manager with both the Dodgers and the Marlins, you know, it makes a lot of sense that that is the case, that it is just April. But I got to be honest with you, I don't think the organization feels that way. You have the, uh, you know, the Miami Heat getting ready for a playoff run. You have the Florida Panthers getting ready for a playoff run. You have Tyreek Hill with the Miami Dolphins. And in, in the summer, people are going to care a lot about that too. Uh, Miami cannot afford this season to start off taking on the Giants, taking on the Los Angeles Angels, and taking on the Philadelphia Phillies and starting off 1-8 and eight and 1-9. and nine. It, it just basically can't happen, Jeremy. You are going to lose any kind of trust and any kind of confidence in the team if they, if they get off to that start. It is it, it will not be a sellable product if their winning percentage is 20% after the first 15 games. I'm sorry. I know it is a long season, but you got to come out of the box here uh, making people believe, getting people back into the stands and making people believe that they really have a chance to be competitive this year. So losing is unacceptable to me in the first month. And that's why this first series with the Giants is so exciting, right? Because you've got your three guys on the mound to start against a team that won over 100 games last year. You're playing in one of the beautiful ballparks in all of Major League Baseball. That man, That's what opening day is all about. Like, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what this team does. Craig, any last thoughts before we head to this interview with Jacob Stallings? Any other either players you want to uh, point out? Obviously, you know, we've done a lot of conversation throughout this winter headed into the offseason at different moments. It's pointing out guys like Jesus Sanchez, like Jazz Chisholm, the guys that you know are going to need to contribute to this team. But is there anybody else that's worth sort of highlighting here uh, before we head into uh, opening day in this interview with Jacob Stallings? Yeah, I mentioned during the spring that one of the players that that I was told had a really good spring, but really, you know, didn't didn't pitch at all in major league games was Tommy Eveld. And I know that he is on the trip right now. I'm so and, excited. About and he is that. on the taxi squad. Just wanted to add something about Tommy here before we wrap up and, and go to Jake and, and we'll talk to Jake a ton. By the way, if you stick around, he's going to tell you whether or not the Marlins are using Pitchcom in uh, 2022 that has not been revealed yet. So he will tell you that if you stick around for this interview coming up. Um, so, so the situation with, uh, with Tommy Eveld, he came in the, over in the trade with Brad Ziegler and it's funny, Brad Ziegler has been kidding back and forth. He's like excited to see if Tommy Eveld ends up making it because he oh, was that's traded great. for him. Yeah, he's following along. That's great. That's so it. cool. And Tommy's been in the minors for like, I don't know, forever, like yeah. seven, eight years. Um, you know, what, what, what you, you do not want, it's, it, this is tough to say, you do not want to just put a pitcher in the big leagues because he's a character. You want to put a, a pitcher in the big leagues because he can get outs. But, God forbid Tommy Eveld comes in and starts getting dudes out in oh, the big leagues. Please. And and doing his little things that he does and get people excited. I, I the 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 comparison that I would make here and 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 again, I don't know if Tommy's going to come in and he's going to get outs. He could get destroyed. I have no idea. The, the Marlins are a lot smarter than me with this. 
But if this thing works and they can get him into a position where he can pitch the sixth or the seventh or eventually give him a chance, we have not had someone running in out of that bullpen that you want to watch on television Uh and that you want to root for and that you want to be excited for. The the biggest comparison that I could make, Jeremy, is Brian Wilson of the San Francisco Giants. Brian Wilson, they always say, was nothing without the beard, right? I love it. Like yep. he was nothing. He wasn't. Right. That he good. wasn't actually a great and, reliever. And by the and by the way, he wasn't really that great. He was good with San Francisco, but he wasn't pumping ninety eight at all. But he was in know. the playoffs. <laughs> right, right. But but he was a scary dude, you know. Yep. The big and, black and beard. He was, a, he was a character, and we remember that. Tommy Eveld is a character, and if this guy can be part of this, I am telling you. Do not rule anything out of the the excitement level of that sort of guy running in. I, I mean, closer. It. I mean, I don't know if that could ever happen. Sure. But I, I did want to give a little ode here in the last couple of minutes because I know that the, he has worked super hard. I remember when he came here yeah. uh, in that trade. For people who don't know the background, he played football at the University of South Florida. He, he, he is He sticks out like a sore thumb amongst all players. This guy is wearing like a Bass Pro Shops long sleeve shirt in a hundred degree weather with a cowboy belt. Like, I mean, he's he, the, he's this the is exactly the kind of thing that the Marlins need. Yeah. Bring this guy up and put him in games and let him do his strikeout twirl yep. and kick step. All of it. Like, like uh, this is not 2019 where you just do that for fun. I understand they got to win games. Yeah. But I'm telling you, there is something there. I there love is that. Something there that besides the stuff, and he's got good stuff, there is something there that I think has a chance to get people really excited to turn Marlin games on TV and to go to and and dare I say, go watch Marlin's games if this guy can get out. I, I, all I'm saying is I've seen crazier things. Give me personalities. Give me give me some characters on this team. Yep. Give me some fun. I love it. Yeah. I anyway, love it. I, I love it. That. Touchdown, touchdown, Tommy. Yeah, touchdown, Tommy Evil. Hey, horns down. You know, go Knights. But still, shout out Tommy Evil and, and those U.S. Congrats goals. to Tommy. And, and yeah, congrats uh, to Tommy. That's a big. Even deal. though he's not in the he's, big leagues yet, congrats for making the practice. It's very, very hard cool. Taxis. Um, and yeah, no, just to show he embraces, just to show that he embraces it. Literally yesterday, I tweeted how excited I was for him to be called up because of his stirrups, and he liked the tweet because, of course, he knows he yeah, knows what's up. Fun guy. Uh, this is this is gonna be great. So, all right, everyone. Well, we hope you enjoyed uh, this portion of the episode. Stick around for Craig's conversation with Jacob Stallings, and enjoy opening day. Hey, you can watch it on. Uh, I'll just go ahead and give the plug. Bally Sports Florida. Tune in at three thirty for that Marlins live pregame show and enjoy. Enjoy this interview with Jacob Stallings. And now we bring in Jacob Stallings, the gold glove catcher for the Miami Marlins here in 2022. And Jake joins us now. Talk a little baseball here as we get opening day started a little bit later today. Jacob, thank you for coming on. Your first appearance here on my podcast on Swings and Mishes. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was really good that I was able to personally trade for you this offseason from the uh, Miami Marlins. You know, it, it took a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, but I did get the job done inevitably. But no, in all seriousness, I, I have to imagine for you and for your family, I, I know you love Pittsburgh a lot and you, know, you built a family there and, and a home there and everything else. But, uh, you know, when you found out that you were coming to South Florida and you were going to the Marlins, I have to imagine that it was a situation that you embraced. Yeah, I mean, um, 
I think whenever you go through something for the first time, it goes, it's, it comes as a little bit of a shock. Um, so I'd say those first 24, 48 hours, I was a little bit in shock and kind of a whirlwind because I was, I was actually down at the meetings and uh, the bargaining meetings in Dallas when, when I got traded. So uh, it wasn't the probably the most ideal place to get traded for the first time, but um, yeah, no, but you know, kind of the further we got removed from it, the more excited I got just, you know, about the team here and, and just kind of the new, you know, the, the new opportunity and, um, we feel like we can really do some damage this year too. So, um, you know, I, I think the shock turned into excitement pretty quickly. Now, now you, you just had a baby recently, you and your wife, uh, which, wh- how many is this now? This is our third boy. So third boy, my gosh, are you, are, I mean, I hate to ask a personal question. Do you think you're done? Do you, is your wife, you know, wanting the just girl? We're both really hoping for a girl this time. So I, I don't know what we're going to do now. Uh, Maybe try for that girl or risk the fourth boy. I don't know. We'll see. My, my, all right. My goodness. Yeah. I'll uh, we'll let the cat out of the bag on that. I'll stay away from that one. I think that people may not know a ton about you. Um, you know, your, your dad, obviously a very well-respected basketball coach. You played basketball as well. Um, you know, when you, when you told him you were headed to South Florida, what, what did he think about this? Yeah, he was excited. Um, you know, I, I think he was surprised too, because, um, you know, I have some friends on some other teams that I kind of had heard uh, were interested and uh, they were, they've been texting me for about a month, honestly, that um, I won't name any teams, but their respective teams were trying to get me and um, and I didn't really know anybody with Miami, so I wasn't getting those texts. Um, and so it was a little surprising that it was Miami at first, but, um, you know, the more we talk about it, the, you know, just kind of like it was with me, the more excited we get, especially with the starting rotation. And, and now with all the bats that we, you know, we're, we're running out there. I mean, you guys saw our, our spring training lineups. I mean, it's a deep lineup and, and it's, uh, it's, it's pretty exciting. And, and I mean, you know, Brian De La Cruz is our fourth outfielder. I mean, he's dude rakes too. So, I mean, it, it just kind of gives you a sense of our, our depth and, um, it's exciting. I mean, it's exciting. Um, you know, it really feels like Kim and, and, and the group is going for it. And um, so it's, it's exciting to be a part of, for sure. Yeah, the one thing that, that you know, we sort of have, have missed here is, uh, you know, JT Ramuda was a catcher here. You know JT well. Uh, I do, too. He has a lot of respect for you, has said that, you know, the way that you have come along in your game through the years has been just, you know, incredible. Um, the, the pride of winning the gold glove. I mean, that, that must've been something where it's like you start in the big leagues and the hits are nice and winning is nice, but I mean, you've got a gold glove award in, uh, somewhere. I don't know. Where is that thing? <laughs> I haven't gotten it yet. Um, oh, okay. I, I haven't gotten the trophy. I got the, I got the label on my gloves. So that was, that was priority number one going into the season was get those new gloves. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was certainly a dream come true. Um, you know, not probably something I ever, I ever thought would actually happen. Um, but it's, you know, it was, it was such a cool moment for me. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of hard work. It was, it was really something going into the year last year that I, I really wanted to do and, and thought I had a decent shot of doing. So, you know, even though our, our team struggled last year, it was still something that I, you know, I was playing for every day and, and really took pride in. So, um, Certainly a dream come true. And, um, 
you know, to be to be kind of finalists with Yachty and JT. I mean, two of the top catchers probably ever um, in our game was was pretty pretty special too. Yeah, we we saw you last year specifically just you know taking over games against the marlins i mean say whatever you want i mean you were uh, there, there was someone that i talked to recently there used to be a stat jake years ago they used to call it like the game winning rbi and and i remember on the back of the baseball cards you know game winning rbi was something and like clutch those things like don't exist anymore but when i think of you like i think of that like i think of like somehow you've like come up with these big hits in big moments so I mean, is that, is that, is that a skill? Is that just something that you have have? Because no one talks about that anymore. It's just like, Oh, RBIs are because you got lucky because guys were on. I don't know. I still, I don't, I don't believe that. I mean, I, I think you have come up in some big moments. Yeah. I mean, you know, we could, t- we could probably talk about uh, the stats and what matters and, and what doesn't uh, that, that seems to be um something that people tend to disagree on and i think i would be more on your side that uh, rbis and and clutch moments do matter but um yeah i mean first of all just being put in those situations i mean i've been in a lot of those situations so luckily i've been able to come through you know teammates have put me in good spots but can't really explain it to be honest i mean i'm nervous every time i go up in those situations so it's not like i'm just calm cool and collected up there it's it's nerve wracking and um, each situation is different. You know, I mean, each pitcher is different. I think one was against the Marlins last year, CSAC. And um, and then, you know, I'm facing Jose Alvarado and Jake McGee. So it's all always a different situation. Um, but I, don't, I, I hope I can keep it going. I don't know. It's just, uh, just one of those things. Yeah, well, there's a big moment. We hope so. Um, you know, Jake is very busy. He's got opening day coming up later today. And so we would have loved to do an hour with him. But of course, we're going to do that at some point. So, you know me, I'm all about the scoops. I'm all about sort of getting inside. So I'm going to ask you one question before we go. Hopefully you can give me the answer on this. Right. The, uh, the hot topic right now in baseball seems to be which teams are going to use this pitch com and which teams are not. I don't think we've gotten an answer fully on the Marlins. So I'd love to end this uh, conversation with you by you telling us opening day when you're catching Sandy later this afternoon, is that something you guys will be using or not? Uh, that's going to be up to Sandy. Um, I, I, I can honestly say I'm not hundred percent sure. It's not, it's, I will say it's not something that, um, you know, Mel or Donnie is, are telling the guys that we have to use. Um, I think we got a lot of p- positive feedback from guys uh, in spring training. We used it probably the last five games or so. Um, and it was good. Um, so I think, I think guys initially were against the idea of it. Um, but just in general, uh, yeah, it was, I think it's something we will use. Um, maybe not every guy will use it, but uh yeah, we're. Uh, I think we'll use it at some point for sure. All right. Well, listen, Jacob. Uh, it is. It is great to have you aboard, and it's going to be a lot of fun watching you play. I look forward to seeing you at Lone Depot on April the fourteenth, and have a great opening day. I know it's going to be a special one for you with a new club. Obviously, my best to you, your family, and your sons that uh, yeah. respect you so much for a lot of those comments that you make yeah, about them, as you know, with me tweeting all that stuff out. Uh, all the best to you. We'll do the full. We'll do the full hour sometime soon. 
I know we will. Jake, be well. Thank you again. All right. See you guys. Thanks. All right. Jacob Stallings with us here on this episode of Swings and Mishes. Enjoy opening day, everyone. It is next.